back to that wildlife word. I'm so pumped because the farm next to me has pasture ground, and so mm. I'm I know You're like steal some cow. I'm gonna pies. steal some turkeys from. Quit them. stealing our turds. <laughs> Sneaking over at night with your red li- your red headlamp with a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> the new honey, the new neighbor guy's been coming over stealing our cow pies. <laughs> we got a trespasser. He's not hunting. He just <laughs> takes our, our poops. <laughs> this segment of DoD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, powered by DeerCast. This is episode number 255. You're Tim Chelsvik. You are Matt Drury, and we are well on our way to 300 episodes this year. That's right. We're knocking out a few more podcasts a week than we uh, typically do. You know, usually it's one a week, but to get to our goal of 300 by the end of December, we had to do a few more this year, and we may actually surpass it. So uh, I like the current stress that we're hitting here we got a cadence we do it's a good cadence so <laughs> we just need you people to, to tell other people about the podcast <laughs> that's right and the rack pack uh and make sure you leave us a review if you leave us a five-star rating in apple and uh in apple podcast we may read it on air well or any podcast for that matter for that matter <laughs> so just rate us please you're very, being very tech I know. By saying Apple Podcast, Tim. I know. Sorry. Because there are Android listeners out there. Losers. (laughs) Matt? We say this because in DeerCast, as we test the... All right. Oh, we're pulling back the curtain. The DeerCast... When we get into the DeerCast user, the Android user is a bit of a tough one for us. (laughs) They kind of you to say. They take up a lot of technical support, Mm -hmm. customer support time, and... As I look at people I know who have an Android, Terry's the only person I know that has an Android, and that tells me all I need to know about Android users. are pretty plain, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Just a little techni- technologically Just a little more support. Yes. <laughs> so, we're going to move on from there. <laughs> yeah. We got someone who needs no support at all, Mr. Aaron Amber from Nexus Outdoors. He's a president. Better known as Scentlock, Blocker Outdoors. They got a bunch of other brands. Welcome, Aaron. We appreciate you jumping on with us. Yeah, good morning. And uh, thanks for asking me to be on uh, your little shindig this morning. This will be exciting. Yeah, I don't know about exciting, but we're glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we teamed up. We started talking back uh, late last summer. I mean, it was like right before the fall. And um, we had an opportunity to... You know, We've had conversations before in the past. It had been a couple of years ago, and, and timing just didn't work out. We were currently with a, another apparel sponsor and a, a pretty long-term deal, and uh, but the interest was there. The, I think the we had a lot of... Uh, things in common as far as the two brands, of course, Nexus. You know they had purchased Block Scent Blocker at the time. They they rebranded at Blocker Outdoors. Of course, we had a long affiliation with Scent Blocker dating back to 2004, probably well over a decade. We were with uh, Scent Blocker. So from that perspective, the technology that you guys have, the the kind of going back to our roots with scent control and and that messaging, there was a lot of synergy there, but. From your perspective, tell us kind of why there was interest in, in, in our brands teaming up, you know, late last summer when we started talking about actually making it official and doing doing something going forward. 
Yeah, well, I think the key word that I would focus on is authenticity. And, and you know, I'm I'm pretty simple uh, guy from the farm in South Dakota, and I've had a great professional journey. And when we think about what we do, it's like I want to be behind things that are purposeful. And I don't care if it's the brands that we acquire as Nexus Outdoors grows or it's the individual products that we bring to market. You know, I always say we want to develop real things for real people. And that, that really says, another, what it basically says is we're not in the gimmicks. And when I think about our relationship and the opportunity we had to join together, the word authenticity, I would say was the headline in which we want to be associated with authentic people that really represent the outdoors and then represent, um, you know, what we want to accomplish. So um, I, I think with, without a doubt, that, that box is checked so quickly uh, because in general, uh, we're not doing these things in, uh, with sponsorships, but obviously it was a great situation where you, you guys are whitetail and frankly, you're big in the, the turkey space as well. And I can be more excited to have both our brands associated uh, with the Drury Outdoor team. And, and it's been it's been a fun journey so far. Absolutely. You know, as I look at it <clears throat> with um, you, you guys have so many different brands kind of under the Nexus umbrella and a, a lot of great quality products, obviously, with, within those brands. How do you differentiate your consumer and your marketing approach from, say, Blocker Outdoors versus Scentlock? Because we have some, you know, some of our TV shows that the cast members are wearing the Blocker Outdoors brand. And, you know, some of them were wearing the Scentlock brand. What's for you internally? How do you guys differentiate those? You know, because I'm sure mostly the consumer isn't aware that that they're both owned by the same same company. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, and I'm going to talk in, in generalities, but for the most part, when we think about Scentlock Technologies and it's, you know, you know, 27 years of, 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 of really experience out there, we've really segmented Scentlock to be the ultimate whitetail killing brand. Um, certainly it finds its way out west, shooting elk and spot and stock mule deer, and it finds its way in the turkey woods as well. But when you think about our technology stack um, in, this tech, in the Scentlock, it's really about, you know, our carbon alloy store, and it's about the deer sense of smell. Um, so we really focus the Scentlock brand in the whitetail woods. Um, and as it relates to Blocker Outdoors, we acquired them about four years ago. And the, the cool thing about Blocker Outdoors is we have the tagline, uh, you know, any hunt, any pursuit. And what's great about that is we have more offerings, if you will, in the Blocker Outdoors whether you're chasing antelope in, in mid-August in Wyoming or you're chasing turkeys in, in March and April and May, um, or if you're hanging in the whitetail woods um, in you know October and November, it's really the diversity of the pursuit on Blocker Outdoors. And I would say top of top is scent lock. And then when you think about you know good, better, best, you have uh, scent blocker and Blocker Outdoors hanging right below that. So. Uh, you know, those both work together for a consumer. Price points are different. And then certainly our stories and where we place emphasis and focus is definitely different as well. You would know it based on the quality. Like I, I wore the blocker stuff this past this past year season and it's top notch. 
Yeah. Like you can tell like the stitching, the panel, like the different panels that they put, like it's all anatomically crafted. So it fits well. And it like, it just kind of like, I've always thought good gear should disappear. Like you shouldn't have to think about it when you're out hunting. You should be able to focus on the hunt. And I hunted out of the, uh, the silent tech uh, jacket and pants for most of the, like, I know it's more of a, like a mid season layer, but I threw a couple layers on underneath. I hunted out of that most of this, this past deer season. Yeah. It gets you through. And that, that's the one thing I noticed, even like the mid season stuff on the scent lock side, it gets you through, you know, a few light layers below. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're good and through December. And part of that is just due to the climate that we're hunting here in Missouri, the mid Missouri, it's, it, didn't get that cold until yeah. real late. So yeah. Minnesota would be a different story. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Well, so, we always thought there was a red tractor, green tractor guy. I mean, think about Blocker Outdoors. It's 45 plus years old. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, when we looked at the company, there's a ton of customers that were really engaged with Blocker Outdoors. It's been a very complimentary brand to what we're doing here and allows us to really offer our retailers, you know, Bass Pro Cabell is a great example where they carry both brands and we're able to service both those customers coming in those doors. So it's been a fun journey for us and we can bring better, obviously, economies to the consumer um, on both sides. But we definitely work, look at brand language every day and design language and make sure they, they can continue to hold their own DNAs. So when you hone in on turkey, say for the blocker outdoors line, like I got a, a shipment oh, maybe a month ago with, with the turkey gear, what what comes to mind for you for a turkey hunter that, 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 okay, we need to design X, Y, Z to make sure the turkey hunter's taken care of. Like what, what's your approach there going into the spring? Yeah. Well, I think the first most challenging thing is that, you know, how spring turkey hunting goes. I mean, I can be wearing, you know, in March, you can be wearing, wearing heavy insulated garments. I mean, you can be wearing stuff that you're hanging in the tree stand in November um, or you could be looking at TerraTech, which is one of our uh, one of our styles within the blocker line, which is super ultra lightweight uh, technical running fabric. So um, the first thing decision I make when I go turkey hunting is what kind of conditions am I in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then most of the accoutrements, I I I, I do vests, right? So it could be, for example, um, like you're saying the the Silent Tech piece. That's a great midweight piece. I think it's a great turkey piece. You layer underneath it, and then when you think about putting the turkey vest on, that's when I think about really the specialization that comes into what you want to take to to take to the ground blind, or if you're running a gun and what you want to do there. So um, that's, I guess, Matt, how I think about um, the assembly as it as it relates to spring turkey hunting. So when you look at the patterns, obviously you guys have a, an affiliation with several camo companies, uh, partners of ours, Moss Yoke. You have a great partnership as well. So that line that I have, it's in Bottomland. Is there, and and th- I know this might be kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit, and, and there's always some politics behind it, but is there ever a time where you guys might have the obsession pattern as well? Their spring, you know, quote unquote, spring leaf pattern down the road, or is it just going to stick in the bottom land, which honestly, super popular. I mean, it is, everybody loves bottom land. So I get why it would be in that, but I'm just curious, you know, for screen, uh, for the green, um, foliage that pops in spring, you know, what, will there be that option down the road? Maybe. It's interesting. We just had a great conversation with that, the team you're talking about, the Moss Yoke team the other day. And 
Bottomlands certainly is a great entry into the turkey woods. And, and I think it has some good nostalgia and, and trend going right now. So that's worked well for, I would tell you, first base, Matt. And I think second base, definitely, we all know there's definitely a, a green version that us as turkey hunters, when stuff starts to pop, it starts to get warm. You know how you get that almost uh, illuminated green that comes mm, out. And yeah. And definitely the, the obsession pattern be a great addition. And I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, not too long down the road, we'll have uh, the obsession. Uh, oh, well, breaking just, news. just keep this, keep an open mind about this. <laughs> Maybe it's called the Matt Drury Signature Series. <laughs> for people that want, want to not kill a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> you look really good for all your pictures, looking stoic out in the woods, holding your weapon. That's right. No blood anywhere. No no, no animals or harm. Right. PETA endorsed. <laughs> hey, that's another thing. Maybe get some, a PETA endorsed line. Now you're getting off the tracks, Tim. Ah, <laughs> I'm known for that. Yeah, they have it. It's just a regular color. <laughs> right. It's blaze. <laughs> Aaron, I, I'm curious... You know, as as we work with the different team members there at Nexus, these guys are all hunters. Like you guys use this stuff. I'm curious if there are any kind of fun stories of, you know, I had this experience in the field, so I came back to our our design folks and said we need to institute this. Like, how is how are your hunting experiences influencing the products? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I yeah, I will look at it. You know, we're small, a very small company. You no, know, I would say much the size of you know, jury outdoors. I think that folks look at you and they look at us and we think we're in this corporate palace and we got hundreds of people. Well, the reality is we don't. And the reality is that our, our, I would tell you our magic potion, our secret sauce is that we're all enthusiasts, whether we're chasing turkeys, whether we're all predator calling, whether we're, I would tell you, whitetail hunt, animal. I mean, all those disciplines we're out doing. And there's multiple examples where you know, what I do, and part of my havoc in spring, I'll digress and I'll get back on path, is I have to go through my camel every spring. And my, my dad and mom still live back in South Dakota, so it's kind of the annual shipment. I ship all my stuff back to my parents, and my dad gives it away to people back in my small town of Presho, South Dakota. Huh. Well, the reason I say that is I do my best, and I in, in every fall situation or spring, I'm always wearing new products. And it's usually a prototype product. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to do, and we have others in, in the staff as well, and we have some limited you know, field staff, we're out there testing the gear. And it could be small things. I'll give you an example. It, it, do you all use the Scentlock heated vest at all last oh, year? Oh, yeah. He probably didn't. I don't know if you had it, but I had it. And if we used it, Scott and I used ours a lot. <laughs> yeah, so one simple example, we used to have the button about right up here. And it made a lot of sense. It felt like it was the right design. And after hunting in that in the fall, it's like you're looking down like this, trying to see what, what the heck the color is. And we're like, you know, let's just move that down on the lapel so you don't have to have your eyes roll backwards when you're trying to look at if it's on or off or what color. So that's a simple example. But I will tell you, we use all that input either from our brand ambassadors or partners like you or for some of us on really preemptive new product that we're working on for 18 months. We're out there testing it. Hmm. And at the end of the day, real product for real people that works that's what it's about is we want to make your experience better and mm -hmm. to your earlier point you don't even want to think about what you got on you want to focus all your efforts on on the tom or that or that trophy white tail or the stock whatever you don't want to be worrying about being comfortable being concealed and and uh 
you know, um, having everything you need to, to be successful. So do you, you know, I think back in the day when like carbon technology was coming out and you know, I think early 2000s, you know, there was always that debate. You'd, you'd read it in the, the magazines, you know, what, what does it work? Does it not, you know, they do the dog tests and all that. I mean, is that even really a debate at this point? I mean, I know like the degree that it helps you, like it, we always say like every little thing helps. So whether we, you know, do ozone on our clothes with sick crusher ahead of time, or whether we use your sprays or we use HS sprays or we use whatever it is, we always try to minimize the scent element that we bring the footprint so to speak that we bring into the woods with us so i guess my question is when you get to that do you still see much um uh pessimism towards the carbon technology and and what that can bring for a hunter you know matt i think it's a journey um you know you and i've talked before and i really look at the odor control and odor management part let's just talk about whitetail you know, it's about elimination of variables or minimizing your signature, your scent signature footprint as much as you can. And, and I will tell you that, you know, I don't, I, I've never subscribed to this cloak thing, which is you put on the scent lock suit and it's like this invisible cloak that, 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 that makes you, you know, everything. And, um, you know, I would tell you just about making sure all those little things that you need to do to minimize your scent signature are executed. And, and I think many folks, because of that cloak mentality, I mean, people have had bad experiences. I've always say, number one, hunt the wind. Yeah. One of these guys that says, you know, don't worry about the wind, just go hunt. I don't know whose tag that was. I sure as hell hope it wasn't ours. But I um, do. <laughs> I, <laughs> do you really? I, I know exactly. What oh, I do know. Okay. Do and know. then I will just read past it. But forget the wind, just hunt was... I back, don't remember that. Okay, so Scent Blocker, back before these guys, you know, owned them, uh-huh. Scent Blocker, when we were with them, that was their tagline. Oh. And and Scott Schultz was the president at that time. And he he was a magnificent mind, great marketer. But I really, you know, I know Mark and Terry felt like that was a mistake because you don't, to Aaron's point, you don't forget the wind and just hunt. You play the wind. And, and then, mm-hmm. you know, if the wind swirls or if it switches, hopefully all these things that you've done to, to you know, make sure you've controlled your sin as best as possible go into your favor wouldn't that kind of be the way you'd approach it absolutely we used to subscribe to the seven steps you got to prepare your gear right whether it's hard goods or soft goods whether you're washing drying them or using scent sprays and then it's all about taking care of your body you know dressing appropriately you know try to i even do little things like walk in the tree stand i make sure i'm cold when i get out of the truck i try to create no perspiration when i go in there and heat and it's all those little things that add up. And at the end of the day, um, sometimes, and you guys know this, you've seen it, you've experienced it, you can tell me a lot of stories. Sometimes it's about one or two more steps. And that's the difference yeah. between you killing something or not killing something. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes it's one or two more steps. And there's other times where you can have deer come straight downwind and they walk through it and they like, huh. Not sure what's going on here, but you minimize your scent signature degree where you don't bugger them. So, and then as I tell dog stories, you know, you have dogs that you've raised that have hell of no- great noses. You have other dogs that don't have as good as noses. So I think that applies to deer. So again, I guess in a nutshell, you've got to do those things you can to control what you can control. 
and the rest is up to, to fate and God and the animal, you know, and, and, and there's variability. But uh, I think there's some skepticism in general because not everyone punches all those, all those holes. Mm-hmm. That you- one of the factors that seems to be unaddressed so far in the marketplace, one of the factors in scent control is the spouse factor. <laughs> Fabric softener. So, yeah, like sometimes like my wife will grab maybe an under, uh, you know, a base layer or something and it'll get thrown in with the rest of the stuff. I need a separate, like a scent lock or a, a blocker outdoors laundry bin or something. Yeah. Like everything that's there, just don't touch it. Yeah. I'll take care of that. <laughs> Good luck. Well, my wife would never touch my hunting stuff anyways. I mean, that's kind of, isn't that kind of an unwritten rule? Like, yeah. The problem is like when I come in and I'm just tired and I just want to get out of all my stuff, sometimes there's a trail of clothes that, that I leave behind. Well, so, you know, guys that have a, you know, their farm where they live, where they hunt, or they have a place where they can change or whatever. I think it, it's easy. You get change, you go out the door, but mm-hmm. like guys like us, we're changing. I change in the field and no matter what the temperature, we're changing there at the truck mm-hmm. and had now, oh, we get undressed at the truck too. Sure. So like typically my, I mean, honestly, never sees that stuff because I only bring it in when I'm going to go wash it. Otherwise mm-hmm. it never stays in the house. Yeah. So maybe it's you, Tim, maybe you need to adjust your, at the end of the season. Like if I know I'm going to wash my clothes or something and I'm just tired yeah. and cold, I'll come, I'll just, I'll like, screw it. I'm going to drive home with my stuff. on. Yeah. It's a little reward at the end of the night. I'm not going to have <laughs> to get undressed seeing, for not seeing shit <laughs> for being so, for being just tired and cold and you know, done with I it. I sat here this whole time. I didn't see anything. <laughs> yes. I'm going to reward myself. Treat yourself. <laughs> so the laundry bin's just a free idea. <laughs> as long as you call it the Child's Vic Signature Series. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> oh, do you sneeze? No, it's a product. <laughs> you, you guys will think I'm crazy, but back then in the dryer, just your example, definitely in the softener, uh, sheets, not in there, but I take lint out every time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remain lint in the lint filter. And I know it's a one way wind direction going out there, but it's just little things like that. I even think about when I, before I, my hunting clothes for the year, I make sure that the doggone lint things out and there's no, there's no, no opportunity for any bad sense to be in there or poo-poo sense. That's not crazy. I know some guys that'll, I don't personally know them. I've, re, I've you know, like going on the chat sites back in the day. Uh-huh. Some guys will actually run cycles of nothing. I've thought about it. Of scent-free with scent-free detergent to make sure they get rid of that UV or whatever it is that. <laughs> the that, brightener. Yeah, that. that goes along with regular detergent. Yeah. I mean, that's next level stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't have that kind of patience or time. Buying a new washer dryer every time you wash your clothes. <laughs> that's really next level. I got level. that money, so I could if I wanted to. Yeah. I just chose not to. <laughs> Which is kind of like, that's one of the things I love about turkey hunting. You can put all the scent uh, yeah. management stuff off to the side for a little bit. Because I almost feel like I have PTSD from whitetail hunting. Just always thinking about, even when I'm out with the kids, like walking someplace, I'm thinking like, where's my wind going? Best, that's that's a problem. Best part about all that is that turkey season, say you don't hear something off the roost there, you go get breakfast in your turkey clothes mm-hmm. and then go yeah. back out and hunt. That's it's, the best part of like turkey you're cheating, season. man. It's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, that's a power move when you walk into a little yeah, diner in. and your your turkey clothes and your boots. You're like, yeah, that's right. I'm a hunter. That's a power move. <laughs> I'm an unsuccessful hunter so far. <laughs> well, they don't know. You may have killed one. <laughs> Aaron, what do you think about that? Like, because I've had I've had situations in the turkey woods where deer have blown. 
and kind of buggered up a situation with Turkey. What, what is your idea, ideas on scent management during Turkey season, if at all? Yeah, I, I really don't have a point of view. I just know that, you know, I, I go back to just common sense. Uh, the more undisturbed the woods can be when you're even hunting turkey, so they're not sensing and seeing things that, that are un- unnormal, I think you're better off. You know, in, in some, like one of my places out in Nebraska I hunt, we have quite a few coyotes too, and, you know, those deer can get, you know, when, when they see coyotes, obviously they get boogered and they can snort, and, and those turkeys aren't dumb enough to know that, you know, the, the deer are pretty good pre-emphasis too of maybe some bad things are around. So I think to the degree, now I'm, I'm with you, I sort of like put down the, the, the shields, if you will, the four, the four shields uh, when I go into the turkey woods, you know, just kind of, you know, relax a little bit. But I think to the degree you can, great. Um, but, you know, certainly it just depends where you're hunting. Sure. What do you think about turkeys and UV light on clothing and brighteners in standard washing, you know, laundry detergent and how much of a factor do you think that plays and turkeys picking yeah. you up? I tell you, I've never done testing on that. So I wouldn't, you know, on the turkeys, I hunt a lot of Marion's. I don't hunt the tough Eastern Turkey yet. Um, you know, we, we, I've just never seen that situation. Where we've had that issue, but again, you know, all I know of turkeys and you guys know is you killed hundreds of them. You know, it's just all about, I think movement's your biggest thing. I mean, here's an example for you is, you know, on our turkey clothing in the blocker line, um, we have the yellow shield on on most all our stuff. The only place where we mute the shield is on our turkey vest as well as our gloves. So, you know, we've seen plenty of customers that says, oh, my gosh, you got yellow on there. And, my, you know, this turkey's going to you, – you're, you're an idiot. Well, most of the turkeys I've shot, that they're dead before they get close enough to uh, pick me out as long as I'm not moving. So – you know, I think everyone's through their personal experiences, maybe have different truths. I've just never known, you know, color to, to be a, a, a big issue with turkey. Now, pheasants, I've been deer hunting, and, you know, we got the, the ringneck pheasant back in some horse hunt. They will pick out color in a heartbeat. I don't care if you have a fletch color. Um, they pick out color like no one's business. But I never, I don't know what your guys' experience has been with color and turkeys. Um Maybe you could share that with me. Well, I think, you know, in the last five to 10 years, we're hunting more and more out of ground blinds and stuff. Not not all of us, but I mean, when I go up to dad's, they're, they're, he's definitely, we're hunting out of a blind. Mm-hmm. And, and the only time we then end up going, if he's got one roosted, that's not near a site, you know, say in the timber somewhere, in a, you know, or there's just nowhere to put a blind up, we'll go in, you know, sit with the vest or whatever, or say we didn't have luck in the morning in a blind off the roost and we end up going you know running and gunning mm-hmm. that's when you know i think it becomes a little bit more of a factor but for the most part a lot of people are are using pop-up blinds now and, and i think that certainly camouflage is a huge plays a huge role obviously but those little types of uh, logos and stuff like last year I, I had just gotten the the new Deercast hat the bottomland one and it has the orange you know orangish red mm-hmm. Deercast logo on it right up front oh hell we doubled you know i mean at, at like 10 steps it didn't it didn't matter we were in a blind yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean and so i think it probably depends a little bit on how you're hunting them because i've also been out where you know so dad and i'll go hunting and and we're going 
in a spot in the timber right in the morning, you know, to, to try to get under him on the roost. And he's got a piece of uh, mossy oak, like a netting mm. that he'll put over like the camera guy, mm. you know? And, and, and so like, I think it probably depends on your setup and, and how close you are in the turkeys or how sure. many turkeys, maybe if you're under a flock, you know, like, and you got to beat a bunch of eyes, like it all, like you said, I think movement's the biggest thing, but a lot of it depends on your setup probably. And it's weird how different turkeys are in different, like not even like Easterns versus Miriams or what, but just like Easterns in different parts of their range. When I hunt them down in the Ozarks at Devil's Backbone Outfitters, they're spooky. They'll come up on a ridge. They'll just, you'll see a little periscope of sure. a head. They'll look for the hen. If they don't see it, they're gone. Yeah. But here, you know, in kind of the St. Louis region, they'll walk right up to a blind and, and not think twice about it. Thank goodness. It's, for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all of our turkey, turkey knowledge. Show's over. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> a mile wide, an inch deep. Here's one thing I've never done, and I don't know if you guys have done. I'm pretty stubborn bow hunter, so... Matt, you know, I'm, I'm more acclimated to what you said earlier. I hunt a lot of ground blinds. I've never shot a turkey with a bow and arrow, not in a ground blind. Never done it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would think it's hard. <laughs> I did it. My first turkey ever. That's how that I killed it. That was by mistake, it though. Was, it was a Jake. <laughs> See? It was, I mean, it was, I meant to kill it. I was just really surprised that it happened that way. But yeah, but all the subsequent ones have been, I've never, I, aside from that, I've never been able to get a, she's just coming to full draw is next to impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I speak for someone who's boogered a lot of turkeys. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't You guys can have your archery turkey hunting and go have yourself a little ball with it Deercast writer jeremy kerber hates the fact that i hunt like it it, it does like, annoy me it too offends his soul it's that annoying I, that i do that and i'm sure i'm offending several people out there but i don't know what the like i get no joy out of watching someone mm-hmm. like kill a turkey on camera with a bow and arrow like it's Start so to hate that person it's anticlimactic like <laughs> i want okay i want to see the shot like <laughs> you once you've shot like those long beard xrs from winchester like it's just that it's pattern fun. like you see that coming you could literally watch it on the camera yeah it, it's just a lot more fun to watch to I, be honest I, with I, you. I would not i would not it's disagree a with hell that. of a lot more fun to do have you ever well, killed one with a shotgun oh yeah yeah i well, maybe two or three is it that you hunt areas that are mostly archery, like like the parcels? That's how it, that's how it started. Um, but I I like I like the challenge. <laughs> I know. Well, when you're a crappy hunter, it's a challenge to kill one with a gun too. So. That's I, I've got a double challenge against me. It's a double whammy. And even in the rack pack yesterday in the rack pack on Facebook, I asked, "What's your weapon of choice for killing turkeys?" And ninety five to ninety eight percent were shotgun well yeah it's just they're normal and so i, I fully recognize you and aaron are the me two and aaron laden force i knew you were one percenters <laughs> yeah right we're elitists <laughs> so aaron why do you do it why do i turkey hunt i you know, with, a with a bow with a bow oh with a bow i love it because of the challenge and i you know i, I hate aaron moments in my life where i like to punch him in the pie hole with a I love that. Just you need some redemption at some point, but I love sitting in the ground blind. I love bringing them to me, um, and I love just. I, I just, I, you know, I like sticking things with bow. I ain't gonna lie. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. <laughs> well, in some states, I think Nebraska has an archery only 
tur- early yeah. turkey season, which is kind of neat. I'd, I'm going to get more hate now. I wish Missouri had something like that. Go to hell. <laughs> well, the, the other thing that got me going on it is to your point in Nebraska. I lived out there for years. And like, I think it's March 1st. It opens up with archery. Mm-hmm. And the first 30 days, it runs archery. And, you know, when I my son was five and six years old, you know, I just, he I kind of got him into the gun thing a little bit too early. So we end up getting a crossbow out and across in the ground blind with a nice tripod and, I will tell you what, from a kid's experience, that ground blind with a crop, we can use crossbows out in Nebraska. It was a great experience. You got a lot of, um, I would talk, call it target acquisition, just mm. with a crossbow, with a scope, sure. and comfortable pulling the trigger. And I think when I when growing up with him, it just really got him wise on the woods before we got into deer situations, which you guys know happens a lot quicker in that whole scheme with with whether it's a crossbow, a bow, or even a gun. It's just a, a lot of variables. So I, I would go say that was a, a great learning ground uh, for him. Yeah, and I think we can all agree it makes you more of a man to bow hunt turkeys. <sighs> so Aaron and Layden Forrest and I are going to have a bow hunting media turkey camp. Have at it. <laughs> and go, you're not invited. Go enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I'll be with the rest of America killing them with a gun. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Spread so your when's, lead uh, shot. When's turkey, when's turkey tour start? Tell me about it. Mark, uh, he's actually starting this weekend, which I don't. This will air. We're Friday. Oh, it does. This airs mm-hmm. this week. Okay, so yeah, he's he's going this weekend to Texas. Him and Taylor. So he starts the tour, and he he likes to say he's not really doing the tour anymore because he doesn't hunt that many states. But he'll hunt. I know for sure he's going to Texas a couple times, and then. Missouri, Iowa. So I don't know if he's got any plans for any other states this year. But um, once Mark gets rolling, I mean, he's, I mean, when his boot hits the ground, the damn grass dies. He's deaf <laughs> walking. <laughs> if God's a turkey, Mark is screwed when he dies. Yeah. I mean, Mark has killed a lot of turkeys. He's guided a lot of people killing turkeys. He's called in a lot of turkeys to their death. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. I, I know like some of the meme pages give, give uh, people that use decoys and ground blinds. It's, they call them, that's a, you're not a hunter, you know, because yeah, decoys are just right now. They're so lifelike, like the avian X's they're so lifelike. It really draws them in. But, I mean, Mark, I don't care. I've seen him call turkeys in before any of that shit was popular, and that dude mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. Death. Yeah. Yeah, I've said it on the podcast before. Like, back in the day when we all hunted at Terry's Missouri camp, we, we used to have a pretty big turkey camp, mm-hmm. and I'd always go up for opening day. And we would used to draw, like, who we would go with. Yeah. And everybody wanted to go with Mark. <laughs> no, no doubt. <laughs> You'd be done opening morning, yep. <laughs> like, by 7 a.m. <sighs> so, yeah. Turkey Tour is getting ready to start, though, to answer your question. He's going to Texas, and then look out. What's well, exciting, we just put away our archery stuff, or in some cases, our shotguns, and it's kind of nice, right, you know, right around the corner in March and April, you get to get stuff back out and yeah. get rid of the season. So it's it's been typically a fill-in activity for me because um, I go right from turkey hunting into throwing jigs for walleyes and and then you know food plots and and then antelope. So it's uh, it's exciting. All the seasons are exciting, especially in the great outdoors in which we get to experience. You know it, Aaron. Do you save the cheeks on your bigger walleyes? Yeah, I do. <laughs> too, too many people toss them. It's crazy. They're like yeah, scallops. I, mean, I, I just got used to flaying them and then take a flay knife and just do a 
quick little C cut on the, mm-hmm. the uh, cheeks, and I usually fry them up, uh, you know, in a pan with a little butter and a little cayenne pepper, and, mm. and yeah, uh, they're fun. Next time, you, if you guys ever come up here, I'll treat you to some Lake Erie uh, walleye cheeks. That sounds Sweet. good. All right, let's move on. Let's do our shout-outs. All right. <laughs> We've got a Rack Pack on Facebook. If you want to be a part of the inner circle of the podcast, go to Facebook, type in 100% Wild Rack Pack, and answer the membership questions, and you may be granted permission to access. If you want to be cool, that's where the cool people are. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes There's not we, a lot of them. <laughs> we, post, we post exclusive content and video from behind the scenes in the Rack Pack. That's right. You can only get it there. That's what exclusive means, Tim. Oh, all right. So each week I name a few people that uh, joined each week. Tim throws in a fake name that I usually butcher along the way. Mm-hmm. So That's let's fun. see who it is this week. Kevin Marson, Patrick Romine, Roman, Romine, Ryan Weisenbach, Craig Cantor, Chris Elmore, Eric Moore, Robert McFarger. <clears throat> I don't think it's... I think it's terrible that you guys are laughing at someone's heritage. The last person's last name is part of their lineage. You <coughs> jackasses are laughing at Mr. McFarter. All right, moving on. <laughs> Aaron, I'm sorry that you joined us on the podcast today, but this is as highbrow as we get. <laughs> we were Pretty low. Ta- we were talking to someone here recently, and they were they were extolling the wholesomeness factor of Drew Outdoors. And Matt and I were silently both thinking, I don't think you've seen the podcast. He kept saying it. He kept bringing it up. So finally, I had to say to him, listen, we have a podcast. And just in case you ever listen to it, it's not quite the same as the rest of the content we <laughs> it's produce. It's not Mark and Terry quality. And Tim's like, he, he real quickly said, it's PG-13. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, safest way well, to go about it. Good thing I didn't use the wholesome then when I said Man, the jury deal's been so great. We're excited. They're authentic. It's out the window. It's authentic. What would have happened? Listen, this podcast is the most authentic thing we have. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) So Unscripted. Maybe not wholesome, but authentic. (laughs) That's right. Or good. Uh, And then over on Apple Podcasts, Captain Chris C. Squared. Chris C. Squared. That's an awesome name. He gave us five stars. He says, great fun. This podcast has it all. Great guests and information. Plus, they they don't take themselves too seriously. Love the joking around and back and forth between Tim and Matt. Makes me feel like I'm sitting around with my friends. Great work guys keep it up yeah that's you, right captain chris chris c squared that was hope, a good one I hope thanks buddy I hope that's not stolen valor all right <laughs> captain, captain chris he might be a captain of like uh like a boat like captain of like his his he ranger bass he boat could or be something. a captain of industry you don't yeah. know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of underpants <laughs> who knows <laughs> he could be like oh who was dr we had a doctor in the rack pack who was a real doctor. <laughs> he was a doctor of chiropractic. He, yeah. He was a real doctor. Okay. So speaking of learned, it's time for a little bit of education, a All little right. bit of knowledge that we call the wildlife word Woo-wee. happens every week. The Whether wildlife you like word. it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and most people don't. Okay, so this is a multiple choice question that I'll, I'll give you here in a second, Aaron. The wildlife word is brought to you by Tracker Off-Road for turkeys, land management, deer, and earthing in between. Dre Outdoors depends on Tracker Off-Road to get the job done. Used mine yesterday. We loaded it up with a bunch of trash from inside the new farmhouse. 
Mm-hmm. One, one of these episodes, we're going to get into the farmhouse. And Can't the, wait. The we should do the show from the farmhouse. We could. I need internet first. You could bake cookies in your wheelie uh, oven. <laughs> let's not go there, Tim. <laughs> but I used the tracker because then we went and we put out some analogics. Last round, get it, get it. I had a few bags left. We'll get it out there yeah. and then uh, quit putting it out for turkey season, obviously. Let it the deer all eat it up and sure. let the property rest. And then we're going to go smack some turkeys in the mouth with a shotgun, like a normal man. Huh? <clears throat> Continue. Small man. <laughs> you got the job done though, right? That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of highbrow, why do turkeys love cow pies so much? Is it a, they dust themselves with a dried scat to remove parasites. B getting into the cow pie serves as a cover scent. C, cow pies contain larvae, insects, and grubs that they can eat. Or D, they just enjoy the earthy taste. Mm. What do you say there, Aaron? What's your answer? Mm. I'm probably going to go with something to eat. That's right. C, C. cow pies contain larvae, insects, grubs. Also, bits of grain that they like to ingest. You know, It's a smorgasbord in there. Mm. It's a real ponderosa of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> it's a buffet. Ever, we had, in, in, our, in, in the town I grew up in, Morris, Illinois, they had a bonanza. Oh, yeah. You remember bonanza? Oh, yeah. Sunday brunch after Heck the church. Yes. Get out of my way. I'm going right to the ice cream. <laughs> and then bonanza went away, and then ponderosa, ponderosa. kind of took over. That's right. Which, uh, which bonanza was a killer show. If, if anyone has never watched oh, bonanza. My dad, dude, he still watches Lauren Green. It. Oh, Michael Landon. He still watches it, like religiously. That you want to know how old that is? He's a fan of Bonanza. Maybe that's who your dad has patterned his whole life after. Yeah, Lauren Green and, and Bonanza. Is that Hoss? No, that's the dad. That's the dad. Yeah, he he could be pretty mean. <laughs> maybe maybe that is who dad patterned his life after. <laughs> he patterned himself after an evil dad. Yeah. No, the dad on on Bonanza is awesome. I've only, I, I don't remember. It's been so long since I watched it. I remember Michael Landon, and I remember yeah. he went on to, to Highway, to, Highway Heaven. to Heaven, which yep. was, well, obviously Little, little House on the, the Prairie. prairie for, yeah. I mean, he's a dreamboat. <laughs> Highway to Heaven, that was like, as we were growing up, like mm-hmm. that KPLR, Channel 11. Appointment television. Was, really was. Yeah. Yep. So, we're and, old. Uh, and the football guy on there, too. The, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The mortal guy. Yeah. Had the gray, scraggly beard. You're better than that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you start talking about uh, murder, she wrote, like, we can go deep on that. But <laughs> our Aaron's going to do some research for us. Yeah, I'll do it. Co-star of Highway to Heaven. The, the, the co-star, that, that guy, he was also in Little House on the Prairie. He was, yeah. He was yeah. a villager. Yeah. Not the village idiot. He was just a villager. <laughs> Nelly was the village idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot about... <laughs> Well, thank gosh I'm not your research guy because Google failed me. Your internet <laughs> you, failed you. Yeah. Do you even have internet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nexus Outdoors is completely offline. Yeah, we'll just talk they, they truly are a small, uh, small family-owned send, send company. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope and we'll internet send you a catalog. may or may not work. <laughs> Listen, we have the same problem, but it's because Joe, our guy here, takes our internet for every server in the country. I reversed the polarity of the internet so we'd have faster uploads. Well, now we got nothing, Joe. So how's that helping us? Yeah. Uh, uh, we better shut her down. Yeah. Aaron, well, before... Thanks for, a, thanks for a normal multiple choice. That's good. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you're lucky because usually Tim puts in some really tough questions mm-hmm. or t- tough answers in there, and he makes it a little harder. So. I will say we can't rule out D. They just enjoy the earthy taste. That's we don't right. know that for sure if they do or don't. I think we know it. You know, b- back to that wild life word. I'm so pumped because the farm next to me has pasture ground, and so mm. I'm. I know, you're like, steal some cow. I'm gonna pies. steal some turkeys from. Quit them. stealing our turds. <laughs> Sneaking over at night with your red li- your red headlamp with a bucket. <laughs> the new honey, the new neighbor guy's been coming over stealing our cow pies. <laughs> we got a trespasser. He's not hunting. He just he takes our, our poops. <laughs> All right, Aaron, we're sorry. I held out as long as I could. I'm not sorry <laughs> on turd talk, but we finally got it. <laughs> This is what the podcast, if you want to sponsor the podcast, by the way, we can talk afterwards. Scent control. Yeah. Anyhow, we better shut her down before we leave, lose the whole partnership all together. Aaron Amber from Nexus Outdoors, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're Much sorry. like a TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the we same level. Talk. Aaron, any parting shots before you leave? Yeah, I, well, I do have a, a parting shot, which is just, you know, thanks for the opportunity. I mean, we're, we're, we're excited. I mean, back to where we started the conversation today and, and, uh, thanks for the humor and reality today on, on our conversation. And, and I look forward to great things from very outdoors and our relationship. And, um, you, you know, it's those things that you just know it's right when it's right. Hmm. Um, I, and, and it was from the get go. So we're excited. Hopefully we can do more of these, more of these together. And, uh, just look forward to the to, to seeing all your kills this spring and next fall and, and continue conversation. So thanks very much for having me on today. We, we appreciate you. Right. Parting shot from us, we killed over 160 big game animals in scent locker blocker outdoors last fall. So we had our best season to date with the company. So hell, hell of a year and uh, we appreciate it. We look forward to a lot more blood trails in our future. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. See you, Aaron. Until next time, peace out. Adios. Temperatures are going to be dropping. Perfect conditions for the skinny. Yeah, got to focus on those afternoon hunts. Northwest Tree Stand, 5 p.m. It's the easiest decision you'll make this season. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast. Well, All right. Aaron, you got the full ditty there. You went <laughs> the full from, ditty. You went from you serious podcast to poop talk at the end. <laughs> we That's basically what we do here. <laughs>